Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is all of it. I'm Matt Katz filling in for Allison Stewart. So the temperature is in the high 50s today and maybe mid 50s. It's quite warm and it's looking like spring is on its way. And with a new season on the calendar, that means a new season of TV. And there's so much TV out there. So joining us for a spring TV review preview to make sense of all the programming that's available is Vulture TV critic Catherine Van Arendonk. Catherine, hi. Welcome to all of it. Welcome back to all of it, I should say. Hi. Thanks so so much for having me. Uh, listeners, what TV are you looking forward to this season? What have you watched recently that you loved? Call in to shout it out. Talk with Catherine about what you're watching. 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Or you can reach out to us on social media at all of it. WNYC. Catherine, as I was prepping for this, I'm it is there's there's so much, so much to watch, and it is overwhelming. So I want to talk about some of the big name stuff that's out there, and you can give us a sense of how to like prioritize our, our nightly mm-hmm. viewing here. So let's start with the show that premiered, I think, last night. It's been the talk of our producers here at All of It, Shogun. Uh, follows an Englishman shipwrecked in feudal Japan, takes place in 1600. It's based on a book from several years ago by writer James Clavell. Can you tell us about the premise and uh, what the show feels like and whether we should be tuning in? Absolutely, yeah. So um, it is based on a book by James Clavell, and it is also one of the most famous uh, TV miniseries from this big miniseries boom in the 70s and 80s. And so for anyone who watched that original miniseries, you might be thinking, like, how how is that different? In part because you might be wanting it to be different because the original Shogun, although it is about feudal Japan, comes at it with a very Western-centric point of view. The main character is this shipwrecked um, English sailor who has managed to get to Japan, um, the first English sailor ever to do so. And then he kind of has to surf the political political fortunes of a lot of Japanese politics that he does not understand. Um, and so the major appeal and the sort of um, approach and promise of a new shogun is to take that same story and to still include that. There is still that backbone of the of the English sailor. He's played by Cosmo Jarvis, who's very charming and sort of bumbling and uh, doesn't exactly know what he's doing. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the rest of the story comes at it with a more Japanese-centric approach. Those characters have a lot more storyline. It is much more from their point of view. And so what you get is less a sort of fish-out-of-water story and more a multiple POV political intrigue kind of drama. It's very violent, which is absolutely part of the genre of this kind of story. Um, But it is also about uh, all of these, you know, uh, who is going to rise to power, who is going to betray who, all of these different relationships between families that will remind people of something more like Game of Thrones. Or or Succession, maybe. Or Succession, yes. Although there are fewer beheadings in Succession. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) At least not literally, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, great. That's, and have you 
watched that whole, have you watched the whole series? I have. I have watched it. I I enjoyed it very much. I will say um, for people who are squeamish about violence or who particularly when the violence uh, is very stylized and that bothers you, Shogun is going to, is going to be a little, there are going to be scenes where you might want to cover your eyes a little bit, but it is just a, a beautiful, beautiful production and a lot of the performances are are stunning the costumes it is a very lush immersive experience cool all right i don't know if this i don't know if the the next uh show i was going to ask you about is any any lighter in terms of the the content uh three body problem from Mm. netflix comes out march 21st it's an adaptation of the chinese science fiction novel of the same name uh, what's this story about? And and I know the Game of Thrones creators are involved in this too. So what's the story about? And what's the violence level there? <laughs> it is much less violent. Okay. Um, and it is a different kind of adaptation um, challenge. Uh, it, Shogun is very Games of Thro- Game of Thronesy. Um, ironically, the one made by the Game of Thrones guys is much less Game of Thrones. <laughs> it is more of a uh, it, it is a lot of big philosophical ideas in this original novel. And there's a real challenge in how you bring something that's very theoretical um, and often pretty abstract into a sort of lived embodied script. And I have to say, I was very dubious about how you would actually do this because the novel is is very slow. It is immersive, but in a way that is um, about these really big ideas and less about character. And I do think that the that the Netflix adaptation has thought through a lot of those adaptation problems in ways that are um, that are pretty smart. The story uh, for people who kind of want to sense is about uh, a mysterious um, signal that is received by a Chinese woman um, that is probably from extraterrestrials, although she doesn't entirely understand who they are or what they want. Uh, and then as it unfurls over a long, long period of time, um, this I- encounter between Earth and this uh, this alien species becomes very complicated and um, mm. challenging and is played out through a video game space largely. Oh, wow. So a lot of it is, you know, gets to take advantage of the fact that television has such incredible um, VFX technology. And this was also, there, there was a different version released on Peacock. Is is that right? I mean, this is a through body problem is a Netflix show uh, and, it was adapted by a Chinese media company for a series that was released last year, which Peacock just added to its platform. Is, are there, is there another adaptation there? <laughs> yes. So the the Chinese version, um, which you can go watch right now, is a much closer adaptation of the book. Um, it follows the beats of the book much more carefully, but it also, because the book is written in the, it reminds me a lot of the problem of Foundation, which is a pretty successful Apple show and is also an adaptation of an essentially unfilmable science fiction work that are about these vast spans of time. And so 
the Chinese adaptation approaches the problem of how you deal with this big theory by turning it into a, a more soapy structure. The American one is a little bit closer to um, the ideas, the sort of theoretical sense of the novel, but it does that by creating a lot more characters who can embody different viewpoints. Got it. Let's go to the uh, phone lines who have some some questions and recommendations, I think. Betsy in Manhattan. Hi, Betsy. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, I just want to let you guys know that I am watching Masters of the Air on Apple. Hmm. It's fantastic. If you like Band of Brothers, yeah. it's the next part of the World War II um, epic uh, miniseries that they've done. It's so good. It's very Kyogen. Um, it's Austin Butler. Fantastic. Great. Engaging, interesting, spectacular to watch. It's gory. It's emotional. It's everything. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much, Betsy. Great. Have you seen that, Catherine? Masters I have of the seen. Air. I have seen Masters of the Air. It feels, uh, and I, I promise you that I mean this in the most complimentary and also gender inclusive way, like peak dad television. <laughs> like it's like dudes in airplanes, and you know, like they are. They are just doing the best that they possibly can to be as competent as they possibly can yeah. in very strenuous circumstances, you know? Well, I think that just moved uh, that show to the top of my queue then. That's right <laughs> up my alley. We have a question via text um, from the West Village. I mostly watch prestige TV but feel like I have not gotten a fix in months. I couldn't get into the new True Detective. It was way too dark for me. Any recommendations for something light but high quality? Light but high quality. Well, I mean, Shogun is very high quality, but light it is not. Mm -hmm. um, if you are looking for something that is a little bit a little bit less big global disaster than Masters of the Air, but I think still in that kind of prestige space. Apple is really owning that whole vibe right now. And March has a couple different things that are coming out. Um, one of them is Manhunt. Uh, the first episode premieres the same night as the Masters of the Air finale. They are trying to uh, keep America's dads on, on Apple TV. <laughs> and Manhunt is a historical drama. It is about the aftermath of Lincoln's assassination and the sort of div one of the earliest kind of American true crime stories, the search for John Wilkes Booth after that assassination. Hmm. Um, it stars Tobias Menzies, who plays Edward Stanton, who was the Secretary of War and then who really became the point person for how to, you know, capture and then um, bring uh, John Wilkes Booth to justice. Hmm. I had, and it actually stars Anthony Boyle, who is also in Masters of the Air. Congrats to Anthony Boyle on your very good spring. Um, I had a great time with Manhunt. I love a show where there's a lot of guys in mutton chops. There's so many mutton chops on Manhunt. <laughs> uh, and I love that kind of. I mean, it's it has the true crime rhythms to it, but without that exploitative sense of a lot of the true crime documentaries that you get. So, so that's a that's a big uh, a plus to Manhunt for me. Let's let's listen to a trailer real quick for Manhunt. What happened? The president's been shot. Witnesses are saying we're John Wilkes Booth. Wait, the actor? Do you know who I am? I'm a symbol. How does a well-known actor commit murder? 
in front of an audience of 1,500 people and escape. Find the man that killed my husband. Gentlemen, I am tasking you with the capture of John Wilkes Booth. All of this can be broken. Catherine, is, that, is is it historically accurate? Do we know? I mean, it, it, close enough? It's close enough. It is based on a, a well-researched book by James Swanson called Manhunt, the 12-Day Chase for Lincoln's Killer. Um, I, as to whether, you know, Tobias Menzi, who is a, he's a, excellent British actor um, as to whether his American accent is fully accurate. I right. mean, you know, we're all doing the best we can out here. But uh, but I think it it really will um, fulfill that need to to have that history buff thing going on uh, for people who are picky. Uh, let's I want to ask you one, one more show, change uh, directions a little bit. Girls 5 Eva. Uh, <laughs> why did you say yes? Tell me about the show. <laughs> I have been waiting for Girls 5 Eva's moment, and I thought it would come when this show first premiered uh, years ago. It did not happen. Maybe that was because it was on Peacock, and nobody watches anything on Peacock is what I generally have been uh, forced to learn. Right. However, after being canceled on Peacock after two seasons, Girls 5 Eva was revived, and it will now become a Netflix show um, that comes out for a third season this March. And I am very much hoping that finally the broad cultural uptake for this show is about to come. It is a show for people who like 30 Rock. There are so many people who loved 30 Rock and have been rewatching it endlessly on streamers. The premise of Girl F- Girls 5 Eva is... It is about a, a girl group from the early 2000s who mm. crashed and burned in that era and who now, much older women, are trying to bring the group back. It stars Sarah Bareilles and um, Renee Elise Goldsberry. I mean, it's an incredible cast. And it is created by an, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is written by Tina Fey. And so it has that exact same super snappy, super referential, um, very fast, very sly sense of humor, very silly gags. I just, Paula Pell is so great in it. I am ready for Girls 5 Eva to just take over. Can I watch that with my 12-year-old daughter, do you think? I, yes, I think that you can. Um, there are some jokes that you will have to explain. I, the opening song is uh, uh, the one of their hit songs from when they were first a group, and uh, the lyrics are like, going to be famous, five ever, because forever is too short, and it is my <laughs> almost 10-year-old daughter's favorite thing. So, <laughs> Excellent. Catherine, we're gonna we got about a minute left. Do you wanna just uh tick off a couple of other recommendations off the top of your head for the spring season? Sure, absolutely. Um, for people who really liked Our Flag Means Death, uh, there's a show called The Completely Made-Up Adventures of Dick Turpin that is also on Apple that you should check out. And then the thing that I really was not expecting to love but actually surprisingly do is a spinoff of a spinoff called Elsbeth. It's a spinoff of uh, The Good Wife and The Good Fight. And it is a kind of Columbo-style procedural show but it is full of all of the sort of specific quirkiness and flavor of those earlier shows it moves fast it's set in new york wendell pierce is in it carrie preston is fantastic and it's on cbs so maybe network tv is finally going to come back amazing 
Catherine Van, Van Arendonk, thank you so much. Catherine is the Vulture TV critic, and she often joins us here in all of it to tell us what we should be watching. Catherine, thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories, stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.